0: this is andy marquette i am joined by my colleague and friend jove bell we are women in words where we talk about the women in words blog and usually all kinds of other shit because that's just how we are that's how we roll (laughs) so hey jove
1: how are you hi 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 how are you i'm good yay do you have a story i do well i do right so okay so for christmas i got both uh wyatt and noah um Wait, wait, wait. We have to tell our readers our readers and listeners,
0: for those who don't know, Wyatt and Noah are Joe's sons. Yes. How, Sarah,
1: sir, if carry you, on. I, I just make the assumption that everybody knows everything about my life because I don't do a very good job of hiding any of it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I got but the But they vo- might be new listeners, Joe. They might be new. So I, that's why. I like new listeners. Yes. Exactly. I have okay, two boys, Wyatt and Noah. Noah's the youngest. Wyatt is my middle child, but my oldest son. Anyway. Uh, I got them both hammocks, like those those hammocks that mm-hmm. are made out of, like, the parachute material. So it's like they're thin and light, <gasps> oh. but yeah. Because yeah. I had previously gotten Noah one that was, you know, like the braided kind. So mm-hmm, I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool, but they managed to, him and his friends managed to shred it in very short order. So mm-hmm. parachute ones. And mm-hmm, Noah, mm-hmm. very excited, and I keep seeing him in the hammock with, like, two other people, like, swinging back and forth and giggling maniacally. And I'm really thankful that they haven't fallen out of it yet. <laughs> but why okay. why his room is a little wider so I had to like like make an extension on it so I got paracord and I made Wait this... wait wait wait
0: wait you had to make an extension on the hammock.
1: Yeah, make like okay, it so it okay. has like a longer cord reach thing. Anyway, so I I made it and it was doing it was doing great. It was very very wonderful. And then um he decided Uh-oh. that it was touching his you know this 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 piece of <laughs> His bed frame in just the wrong way, and it was making a noise that he just could not tolerate. So I made another extender for that side and shortened the other one. But apparently I fucked something up with that, with the one, the new one that I made, because he was laying in his hammock, swinging away very happily, and then he started to hear this noise like something unraveling and the oh god <laughs> the paracord literally and i've never seen this happen before but literally came all unknotted and just slipped apart he like fell and landed on his ass oh, oh. no
0: is he okay
1: yeah he's pretty banged up he's like he's like mom oh, no. mom you're trying to kill me what's going on <laughs> Yes. Yeah. and he keeps like mom can you fix my hammock and i'm and i keep thinking I, why do you want me to? Obviously, this is not a good idea. I didn't do a very good job the first time, but oh no, yeah, poor guy. He's just beat up. So, yeah, oh bummer, I know. I know my poor son I, w- <laughs> I wish I wish my kids had a good mom. <laughs> oh I, my God, I really stop. do not so much that i'm gonna be the good mom for them that's that's not gonna happen let's be realistic but i still i i I wish they had a good mom jesus christ you're a great mom so there um hmm. (laughs) i'm something i'm really good at like the philosophy of parenting but not necessarily mm -hmm. the work of parenting
0: (laughs) you know what i think that could probably be said for a lot of things joe
1: Yes. About me? I'm yes. I'm really good at just philosophy. Saying. I'm not very good at the
0: work. <laughs> I decided um y'all, I decided, dear listeners, <laughs> Andy decided that this using the royal we, Andy decided that this year, twenty nineteen, I would try to find something cool about every day. Um just because you know, 2018 was a shit show, 2019 is also a shit show already, but I decided to find something cool about every day. So today, I just wanted to share with everybody that the sunset was amazing.
1: The sunrise was amazing. I haven't seen the sunset yet, but I did but watch the sunrise. Sun come sunrise is up. also pretty, right? It was amazing. Yeah, and See? Noah... Every morning, Noah's like, "Mom, look at the sunrise," and then he takes a picture. What is Noah doing up at that hour? What time does he have to go to school? He has to be at school at his classes start at eight, and we usually oh shit okay yeah we usually leave the house sometime between seven and 7. 15 because he likes to get there early, and sometimes we stop and pick up friends, and sometimes we right stop on. and get some breakfast. So, you know, right on. I don't ever kick him out of the car before he's able to actually get into the school. They open okay. it up at seven thirty. So <laughs> you like push the door open and keep driving. <laughs> Get you roll your them out. Bye, ass Noah! <laughs> out of the car. I'm done with this. Yeah.
0: So, but yes, I mean, the sunset was absolutely beautiful tonight. And also, Brooklyn Nine Nine started the new season last night on NBC. I love that show. So, I just I'm just trying to like share some love, friends, because of all the non love. So, uh,
1: you know, yes, our sunrise is even mm-hmm. better because. When we're leaving our house, we're facing Mount Hood, so it's the mm-hmm. sun coming up over mm-hmm. the mountain. Yeah, it's really cool. That's and beautiful. I don't watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, but you know what I did get to watch finally? Tell me. Uh Killing Eve. Oh, what did you think? Yeah, it was I really enjoyed it. I right? it's been available on Hulu for a while and I just never got around to it. Oh, and yeah. yeah, on oh God, I think Monday, um, Blythe Ripon started texting me incessantly watch this watch this watch this watch this because she she you know she did some traveling and she was able to watch it on the plane and she's just like you must watch this now and she was very insistent so I finally gave in and I'm so glad (laughs) it was so good
0: the thing about I I love the acting and one of the things though that I've been talking about with uh, friend and colleague Katie Williamson about that show okay y'all it's it's called Killing Eve it It airs on BBC America, but you can, of course, pick it up on Hulu. Um, It's about a serial killer and the woman who's tracking her. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there. But it also has like that weird sexual tension between the protagonists, right? So Katie Williamson and I were talking about this, and I said one of the things that – I mean I love this show. I love it, love it, love it. But one of the things that really makes me kind of squicky and uncomfortable is – that sexual tension between a serial killer and a protagonist.
1: Yeah, but they're both crazy, <laughs> so that makes it okay. No, I'm not listener. saying that it makes it okay. I'm just saying that that it makes it makes sense. It, but saying. it is squicky. Or is that? Am I the only one getting squicked out by that?
0: Well, me and Katie. I
1: I think it's just you because it totally makes yeah. sense to me. I'm looking at it going. First of all, the serial killer Villanelle is fucking hot and she's not a tiny little skinny well, girl well all she's... right
0: let me let me ask you this then if it were a guy and a, and a woman would you feel the same way
1: well you remember the fall you watched the fall they had like this really weird tense teasing relationship and it worked really well
0: and it's also kind of like um silence of the lambs but the point is friends i am going to put this out there i know you're shocked it is not safe or healthy to date a serial killer Okay, I'm just saying.
1: Oh yeah, no, because you're gonna end up stabbing them. That's...
0: You're gonna end up. You're gonna end up fucking dead. So my advice to you, dear listener, is: sure, be a true crime aficionado and be fascinated, but do not sleep with or date a serial killer. That's just my advice. Yeah. And frankly, don't ship yourself with a serial killer. Okay, I'm just saying, helping you out. That's all.
1: But I think the whole reason that she's interested or that she's intrigued is just simply because. Everything about her is like the shiny unicorn puppy that she's always wanted, because suddenly she's, you know, doing field work that she's never done before, and she's getting. That's certainly true, but let's talk about psychopaths.
0: Nothing about Eve Villanelle is is the shiny unicorn because she tailors what she presents to her victims. Yeah. She is completely you
1: can't trust her, you can't believe her. No, of course so. not, but for but for um Eve, she's, you know, it's like a it's like a giant, you know, like a lottery ticket, you scratch the surface off and find out if you won. It's like that. Uh,
0: no, it's actually not like that, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> no, it it totally is.
0: No, it's not.
1: Totally Well, it may not be for you, but that's what I'm seeing. So we don't have to agree, Andy. We can disagree yeah, no. on this issue.
0: I'm just saying We can disagree like, on
1: many issues.
0: Like WTF friends, do not fuck a serial killer, okay? But, because well, you won't you but, may probably end up dead.
1: But she didn't fuck a serial killer. There was no fucking.
0: There was not no yet. fucking.
1: Not yet. i <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not convinced that Eve isn't going to, you know, go running off and, you know, become a a, a really amazing assassin with her. Like, because Eve is just as that, crazy. Now that
0: would that would be okay, but I, I just, I don't know. I just found it really problematic in terms of, you know, especially in in the context of the Me Too movement.
1: Yeah. Well, that let's...
0: this would occur, but anyway.
1: It's um, certainly not ethical.
0: Uh, It's not... It's just not <laughs> fucking safe. No, it's not That's safe. It's obviously not safe.
1: I also really wanted her to, like... Uh, I wanted Villanelle to take the guy's kid, you know, the girl that you know, she had with her, like, the whatever, just, like, the last episode or the second to last yeah, episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really wanted her to, like... Uh, take her on and be like her mentor and take her on this like which
0: you know and the thing the thing but the thing that is so brilliant about well one of the many things that's so brilliant about the series which friends is an adaptation of Luke Jennings's codename name Villanelle novella series but anyway what one of the more brilliant things about it is that you actually the way that they make you have sympathy for a serial killer oh yeah. You know, she's... and you know, and you see that she comes from a really fucked up background. But i I tend to see Eve as sort of like that the character in the um tattoo series, you know, the uh, Girl with the Dragon tattoo series. Yeah, yeah, as someone who is so completely fucking damaged that there is no fucking way I would want to be alone in a room with them Eve, at no any particular else. time. No, well, either way. Girl with the dragon tattoo or Eve. I don't want to be with either Eve. of those characters. Eve.
1: Eve oh, Eve. you're right.
0: Eve. Villanelle. Okay. I don't want to be in a room with either of them. But if I need a job done, fuck yeah, I'm gonna call them up and ask them to do this job for me. <laughs> Hell yeah, yes. I'm not because saying I know it will get done
1: right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to play with them. <laughs> That's not at all what I'm implying. But I'm just saying that there is a. <sighs> already
0: of fan fiction shipping these two and like having them settle down you know in houses and shit and i'm just like um you're you're misreading villanelle that is not at all how oh, no. her character operates
1: absolutely crazy and that was completely confirmed when she like backed over and then re-ran over her her ex-girlfriend like any doubt that you That's- had that she was oh
0: jesus god right i was right? like
1: because she was so sincere and so sweet and so like I'm just in this and I will prove to you that I, that you can trust me. And then, Boom. Oh, Oh, look what you did. There's <laughs> like did, right? <laughs> death and dying. You crazy bitch. Right? Yes. But anyway,
0: let yes. I encourage I, I people to watch it because it's brilliantly acted. Mm-hmm. It's brilliantly written. It's brilliantly adapted. And mm-hmm. the protagonists, the actresses are absolutely phenomenal. Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer, they are phenomenal in the roles. So yes. definitely, definitely check that one out, friends. It's on Hulu, right, Joe? Yes, it's great. Watch okay. it. Okay. So anyway, but I think I think part of the show's appeal too is these moral quandaries, mm-hmm. and and I really I like grappling with those. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, you know I but I do highly recommend that you not try to be in a relationship with a serial killer. I'm yeah, just saying.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a pass. A if big, hard, like heavy pass. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. But Just I'm not convinced that. that, that Eve doesn't have that same. Eve's a fucking train wreck. I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with her either. No, no, no definitely like... not. I think that, but I think she has that same, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. capacity for, for mm-hmm. being a murderer. So I think that's oh, I why totally she's, I think she's looking at her relationship with Villanelle as like a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, uh...
0: You know what? I totally felt that way by like three episodes in, I'm like, oh fuck she's gonna like go down that path isn't she
1: totally looks like it
0: anyway but fascinating shit really interesting and especially for all of you who listen to my or to the my favorite murder podcast this might be the show for you if you're not already watching it okay anyway i just wanted to pimp that shit okay moving on bitches all right (laughs) um here we are dear listeners I'm Andy Marquette. This is Joe Bell, and we are now doing the Women in Words. Podcast. Oh my, yeah. Okay, so Jesus Christ, um, Jove. Let's let's tell people that we are now. Why don't I'm going to turn this over to you? Why don't you tell people that that we're populated now across platforms?
1: Uh, what Andy just said, we're populated across platforms. Um, the, yes, yeah. The podcast you can find it. It's available like in all the major places and a bunch of the minor places and. Whatever. Um, So if you've previously looked for it and couldn't find it, look again. (laughs) It's there now. You You can subscribe Um, anywhere you want to.
0: Yes, we we shifted platforms as we consolidate our empire. And um, now so you should be able to find us now and uh, let us know if you if you can't. Okay, just drop us a line at the contact page on the women words website womenwords.org and we'll look into it. Thank you. We appreciate your thank you. We appreciate your time. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, friends. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, go.
0: <laughs> okay, friends, January 5th, 2019. Oh my God, it's 2019. Or as I'm seeing on Tumblr and Twitter, 20 by Teen. Fuck yeah. Ann Edder joined us and she had a great blog. Did you know? joke did you know that ann Eder is the narrator for rachel spangler's latest
1: book yeah i just heart- learned that i i had no idea ann Eder even did this yeah yeah she totally does this oh my god mm-hmm. why did you tell me i think i did tell you you just weren't listening i you know you're probably right i was just being
0: a dick okay, I'm sorry. she does
1: she does a bunch of stuff
0: she does so much, all the things. Mm-hmm. Ann Edder says the stage was set in 1979 when fifth grade me auditioned for the school play. How about that? Pre-voice lessons, pre-choir experience. She's not a naturally gifted singer, she says. I can and could, however, read aloud. Naturally, I was not cast in any of the singing parts, but Ms. Aubin, my wonderful director, isn't that funny how we remember names like that from back in the day, Mm -hmm. was delighted to have loud, precise little Anne be the narrator. I proudly stood in front of the audience of parents looking down from my perch on the stage at one end of the school gymnasium. I love that image. Yes. God, Anne, why... I'm, I'm just going to pay attention more to Joe. I don't know. So, anyway, in 2018, Rachel Spangler let me have the pleasure of narrating and producing the audiobook for, dear listeners, take note, In Development. That's Rachel Spangler's In Development. And this week, Anne says I sent it off to Audible. Let's hope I got all the technical pieces right. It's a first for her, my very first full length audiobook. 40 years after my narration debut, Forty-five years after learning to read, I am so filled with gratitude to have this opportunity. I can't wait to share the audio book with you. Boom.
1: Um, I just would like to point out that that cover—it's pretty hot—is yes. I'm super excited, and I'm congratulations. It's really excited, but I just kind of stumbled along the, you know, cover. I, I, I it, my brain is kind of I'm reclimped.
0: She's she's totally clown. But anyway, Rachel Spangler's in development. And Ann and her did the narration for the audiobook. I am su- and congratulations, Rachel. Awesome. And that's just awesome. It's just awesome all around. I love this. I love that story. Thank you.
1: Yeah, everything about it is awesome.
0: Everything is just fucking amazing. Okay, we love you. Mean it. Mm-hmm. um also y'all speaking of the podcast january 6 2019 we are jove and i are posting at our podcasts on the women in words website as well we're you know so if you can't find us anywhere else you can find us on this website yes dot so there you go and that's where we put our roundups so
1: yeah i added the the um rss feed onto the sidebar too so you can click on it there oh awesome thanks Joe. And the um, the link at the top links out to the podcast website. So
0: oh, sweet! So that's if you go to our website, friends, you can see podcast listen in the the blue sidebar there. Just click on that, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, is that fair to say, Joe? Yeah. Mean-
1: oh yeah, totally. It'll okay. take you to the to the different episodes. Um, sweet. There's excitement.
0: There's I'm I'm fucking psyched to consolidate our empire. I like empire building. We should do it more often.
1: I don't know that I have the strength or the you know whatever to have more than one empire. That's okay. I'm
0: I love this Machiavellian shit. I can fucking do this shit all day.
1: Okay, hell well, to you the could, yes. You're going to be in charge of that. All right. <laughs> Just call me the little prince, bitches. I'm on it. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't know what that means, but I am going to agree. Um,
0: January sixth. Dun, 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 dun. Kate Christie joined us, author Kate Christie, "The Power of Romantic Fiction." I really, really liked this blog because she talks about Kate Christie. Um, if you haven't read her work, it's Christie C H R I S T I E, like as an like, Agatha. As an Agatha. Thank you, Jove. God mm-hmm. damn, I'm so glad you're here. I yeah. like that she addresses the fact that there's you know kind of this disconnect people like hear that you write romance and they're all like "Ew, gross romance you know that's not even real books romance writing romance is fucking hard uh yeah right who says it's not real books well it, it people kind of look down on it like other genre fiction you know i'm right i do but it fucking pisses me off now i'm angry (laughs) Shit. So anyway, I'm going to like, here's what Kate says. A few years ago, Kate says, I read an interview with a lesbian author who explained that, quote, good writers, unquote, can be filed under general fiction while, quote, other writers fall under genre fiction like romance. At the time, I assumed my initial annoyance at reading these words would diminish. But even now, when I recall the interview, I bristle at the assumptions underlying the author's casual dismissal of genre fiction And her suggestion that lesbian love stories might not be radical or authentic enough.
1: Oh, fuck them.
0: (laughs) I think that was probably Kate's reaction, but she was too polite to put it
1: here. Yeah, she's she's so delightful. She's like a really nice, she's one of those earnest, sincere, nice people. I like her. Yeah. So
0: part of her irritation, Kate says, comes from the voice in the back of her head, sometimes in the front. That echoes this writer's pronouncements about the differences between, quote, good fiction and, quote, genre fiction. And you and I have had this discussion about many times. You know, genre fiction getting, like, dissed left and right. And you and I both write genre fiction. So the rest mm-hmm. of y'all, fuck off. Um, I love writing genre fiction. And I think that a lot of cool shit comes out of genre fiction. If you mm-hmm. look at, like, uh, science fiction and speculative fiction – there those are fields that have been doing diversity so long mm-hmm. romance fiction too frankly yeah. there's a lot of shit that gets explored in genre fiction that maybe isn't explored as deeply in other kinds of fiction i'm well, just putting that out there well, don't
1: the, don't at me the thing that i think is interesting is that you know we look at like the classics like um edgar Allan poe and oh god what's that oh uh, i forgot his name A tale of two cities uh, Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens, or Willa Cather, or any of these like classic authors that we you know we we like to talk mm-hmm. about how amazing they are, dude. They were writing genre fiction. They were they writing were totally writing genre fiction. They were writing for the time. What would sell at the time, and they were following a formula. Willa Cather didn't succeed at following the formula because she, you know, she fell away from what. She knew and when she went back mm-hmm. to what she knew, but she was still writing genre fiction. Dickens mm-hmm. was the biggest hack of his time. The reason his words his <laughs> books are so freaking wordy is because he was literally paid by the word. Oh and, my god. I'm oh I, <laughs> I know people like Dickens. I hate preach, Dickens. Self, preach. Whatever. Um Edgar Allan Poe, who is an amazing short story writer, was, right? His short short stories are amazing, unparalleled. Wrote Her one I'm novel.
0: Not- fiction
1: he wrote one novel and it sucked hind ass and had massive continuity and flow errors like it was a huge pile of shit i'm but but he wrote paranormal which is fucking genre fiction oh yeah no he totally wrote genre fiction Mm -hmm. it's totally like there's no uh, Mm, exactly so so,
0: yeah kate's making a valid point here that and she says that um, in her graduate writing program, she was the only student who would admit to an interest in popular fiction. And she had to argue with her thesis committee about the value of plot and character over quote, literary writing. A decade later, I'm a novelist with a dozen titles under my belt. I still pause whenever someone I've just met asks me what I do. To explain that I am a lesbian romance writer is to come out twofold. Now, that's interesting as well. And um, I think you and I have had this conversation in the past about how the romance genre fiction world is primarily geared toward Mm male-female, primarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I happen to know that there are several male-female writers who tend to be – women who write male, male fiction as well.
1: Oh, yeah. But female,
0: female fiction gets like fucking kicked in the ass and just in the teeth and ignored all the goddamn time by by the mainstream, quote unquote, mainstream romance world. Would you is that do you think that's a fair thing to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's maybe changing a little bit because, you know, we're seeing a lot more prevalence of, you know, the women loving women storyline in in, Mm -hmm mainstream media, but yeah, for sure. It's ridiculous.
0: I remember it was it was only like three or four years ago. I like requested to get a panel approved at, it was a subsidiary conference, I think, of the Romance Writers of America. Yeah. I think. And I, I said, Hey, you know, I, I can get a bunch of authors together and we can come on and do a panel on female female romance fiction. And you know what response I got? Hmm. Response was there's not enough interest.
1: Yeah. Well, and even then there was enough interest. They were just holding on to old um old shit. Yeah.
0: Let's just put it out there, old shit. Yeah. So I love what Kate says here. In interviews and at readings, I've said that I view writing lesbian romance novels as a consciously political act because the love that dare not speak its name takes center stage. Queer love stories explore the part of LGBTQ life that is most denigrated by the dominant culture. I love that.
1: Yeah. uh, She sounds like all kinds of like super smart with her words. Kate
0: Christie, you are so fucking smart. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming by Women in Words. And she's raising a really good point. And it's that... Fucking stupid ass dichotomy in between the quote unquote, and I'm saying this quote unquote mainstream, i.e. male female romance world, and the and the queer romance world. Mm-hmm. I think that male male fiction has gotten a lot more attention than female female.
1: But I also think it, this is a generational thing. Like if if you want to see where the future of fiction is going, take a look at YA because mm-hmm. I defy mm-hmm. you to pick up a YA book that was written in the last say. Five years for sure. Ten years, very heavily. But there are queer characters all over YA because it's just so true, so part true. of the deal. And you know, so true. That's a really good point.
0: Um, I read a lot of YA spec fic and science mm-hmm. fiction, and and comics, frankly, because that's where you're finding so much diversity these days, mm-hmm. and so many interesting sorts of relationships. So. I love when when queer romance goes into uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Expand your boundaries and your comfort zones, frankly. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do it. And I love that Kate brings this up because it's something that just really grates on my nerves is like, well, genre fiction isn't really good
1: fiction. It's great fiction. It's Thank you. Oh, my God. Let's put that on Mm -hmm. a T-shirt. It is. And authors who write genre fiction. Those are some hardworking authors. Like they work mm-hmm. really hard to like hone their craft and to figure out what they're doing. If you look at like you know, if you wanted to just say that you know, romance, right? Like the the gold standard in romance is still Harlequin, right? And right, those right. those mm-hmm. authors and those editors work really fucking hard. They really do hard. because yes. if you think about genre fiction, what
0: drives genre fiction? characters drive genre Mm -hmm. fiction yeah you're not going to give a rat's ass about the plot if you don't care about the characters yeah
1: you know nora roberts started as a, a harlequin author
0: yeah i think i knew that yeah and and i mean her stuff is character driven Genre fiction is always character-driven mm-hmm. because there's no way you could sell those stories, especially if you're dealing with specfic or paranormal, you know, these crazy motherfucking stories, if you didn't have a character that the reader related to, right? So I spend an ass-ton of time thinking about my characters and how they're interacting and if they're being consistent, and then the plot kind of is actually driven by the characters. Mm-hmm. So genre fiction... It's character studies, all mm-hmm. of it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah.
0: Oh my god, that's Jill, my official tell- story. We're actually talking about writing here. I know, it's bizarre. What is going on with us? Oh this my god,
1: can't possibly happen for too long.
0: Oh my god. Also, I really appreciate the photo you put up on the next block.
1: Do you like that? Uh, I
0: fucking love it.
1: I don't actually think it's very surprising a when you and I start talking about writing stuff because we're both very passionate about writing stuff (laughs) i know but it just cracks me up because on women and words it's usually about you know okay so so
0: so-and-so blogged on this day blah 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 and we like rarely go off on our writing tangents and that's why i'm so glad kate stopped by me too
1: thanks kate we love you
0: kate you rock Mm
1: -hmm. no tell me
0: you fucking rock so um anyway um what was i gonna say oh fuck nobody knows my goddamn train. Hold on. Um, anyway, her latest book. That's what I was gonna say. Y'all, Kay Christie's latest book is A Theory of Love, and it's about uh Professor Eva DeMarco, who is one of the protagonists, reflects that romance is the genre most derided by critics. So she kind of is writing this in her latest novel. So shortly after accepting a position at a university near Seattle, Jove. Ava found her serious research interest derailed when her therapist suggested she take up romance reading to distract herself from a series of personal losses. I'm going to have to read this. A Theory of Love, friends. Kate Christie's latest. So check that out. I Fucking check that shit out. I'm just saying. Yes, please. Okay, good. (laughs) Damn. I like when we go off on writing tangents. It makes me happy.
1: It, It makes me very happy as well.
0: Okay. January 8th, 2019, Jove. Angela Grace, stopped by. Please tell our dear listeners who Angela is.
1: Angela is a licensed um, therapist, psychologist, uh, and a life coach. And she is also one of the kindest, nicest, sweetest people you will ever, 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 ever meet. Her and her wife are both just so interested in what they can do for the rest of the world and not so much, you know, what they can do for themselves. It's, it's really really heartwarming to, to spend any amount of time with them. Um, and what, so Angela comes and she writes about, you know, things, yeah, smart stuff. Things to
0: do, smart stuff, like things to like kind of self care stuff, but also self reflection stuff. Yes. And so I find y'all, so she, Angela always includes her email at the bottom of these blogs. So if you, it's be bold women. That's one word. Be bold women at AOL. So if you feel like you would, you could benefit from some guidance, some life coaching, maybe even some therapy from Angela. F- drop her a line.
1: Mm hmm. Drop her do a it. freaking line. Yeah, because and she's think- licensed to do that over, you know, over over the phone. Mm hmm.
0: There you go, friends. You don't even have to be in the same place. You could just, this phone therapy. Holy
1: shit, this is amazing. Yeah, that licensing is a little bit harder to obtain because you have to, you know, you have to, um, what is it? You have to keep track of your your hours in a different way. I don't really understand it. I just know that my friend Angela Mm -hmm. does it.
0: And that's awesome. So that Mm -hmm. means you could be anywhere in the goddamn world and Mm -hmm. you could... You could connect with Angela if you need some, like, you know, another. Uh, and I know that, you know, in terms of life coaching, she can help you, like, get some clarity mm-hmm. on some issues. Yeah. She can help you, like, kind of, if you have, like, some something pressing that is on your mind. Y- you know, it doesn't have to be, like, a series of therapy. It can be, like, just some questions and maybe a few sessions where you're trying to work something out. Angela, mm-hmm. you know, hit her up and see if you can get in on that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So speaking of, Joe therapy, that's Mm -hmm. what Angela's point is in this week's blog. Okay, tell me about it. Dun, dun, dun. So I love when Angela sets up these little, she does like these fake-ass combos, like, you know, person A, so what are you doing for your New Year's resolution? Person B. Oh, I've given that a lot of thought, and I have decided to delve into my most painful memories and experiences and go to counseling. (laughs) Oh. Person A, you what? Person B. Yeah, I want to talk about my life's traumatic events, my heartbreak over Betty Lou and how my parents shamed me into behaving when I was a kid. What about you? What's your New Year's resolution? Wow. <laughs> I, the basically friends, the concept of a New Year's resolution, Angela says, is the notion of taking charge of an issue on the first day of the brand new year. Now, Jove and I have had this conversation and we'll come back to that in a minute. January 1st represents a fresh, exciting, and hopeful beginning. Okay, there's reality. How many years have you tried to accomplish a New Year's resolution only to have it crushed under the weight of entrenched habits and beliefs? Okay, you know, we could, that's like too many to count. So, even with sincere effort, making lasting changes can be difficult. It's plausible that there are hidden underlying experiences, feelings, and beliefs that prevent you from successfully accomplishing your resolutions. So, friends, therapy is a damn good thing. Mm-hmm. Her, Angela's wish for you in 2019 is to be the first one to say my new year's resolution is therapy.
1: Yeah. I love you, Angela, but I don't see that happening for me. I like <laughs> to just live miserably with my issues.
0: <laughs> and for some people that works, I'm going to, well, I've come out about this several times um, I deal with chronic depression mm-hmm. and I have been through all kinds of therapy. Mm-hmm. And I am a huge proponent of what Angela says here is like talking about life's traumatic events, my heartbreak over whomever, blah, 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 and digging into basically what I call the archaeology of the soul. And I, my most intensive therapy was probably eight years of work because I really wanted to find healthier, better ways to deal with my depression and to learn ways that I could self-manage and to be a better person and a better friend and partner, because my depression was creating a situation in which I was not completely present. Mm -hmm. And I did not like how that felt. Mm -hmm. And I, straight up friends, it was the most painful work I have ever done but I would not trade that shit for anything because I came out on the other end of it with a set of tools and a set of abilities to self analyze and to know when I'm fucking up. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid now to ask my friends, Hey, this X happened. This was my reaction. Am I being a dick? Because I don't have the same filters. Everybody else does. I can't always tell if I'm reacting appropriately to certain circumstances. So I do still have to check in with my friends and my family to make sure that I'm not being inappropriate in my responses or in how I'm processing. So therapy, please.
1: There's nothing shameful about it. No, God, no, there's nothing wrong with there's it's, it's very, very healthy to, to do it. Very, very healthy.
0: Absolutely. Um, asking for help. Is probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I don't know about you, Joe, but it was really freaking hard for me to finally admit that I just, I could not, I could not get my shit together on my own. I just could not. Mm-hmm. And so, I'll, well, I'll tell this story. I, I don't think I've ever told this story to anybody. Um, I was in graduate school, I was working on my dissertation, and I hit a really low, low, low point to the point where I was in my apartment in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was curled up in a fetal position in the corner because I just, I could not function. And I somehow found it within myself to call the student health center and say that I needed help. That's what I said to the person who answered. I said, I need some help. I'm going through a major depression and I I need to talk to somebody and find out. I just need to, I need to figure this out. And The person on the other end said, said, okay, how long have you been feeling? Because, you know, it's standard protocol. How long have you been feeling this way? And I said, oh, about 25 years. (laughs) She goes, uh, this most recent episode.
1: Oh, since Tuesday.
0: (laughs) My
1: entire so she, fucking life. Thank you for asking. So
0: she got me into an appointment. The The first I could get was like three days later. But knowing that I had that appointment made all the difference. Mm-hmm. That that I had a place I could go in three days. And my doctor, I, ha- I had to see an actual medical physician doctor first before they would like recommend me for antidepressants. My doctor had grown up in Los Alamos. And for those of you who are familiar with New Mexico, you know that Los Alamos was like the center, the epicenter of nuclear research. So there was a lot of crazy weird shit going on during World War II in Los Alamos and a lot of pollution and shit that went on up there. My doctor was telling me all of this crazy shit that went on with thyroid problems. With She graduated from high school there and she said that all of us were brought in by the government to get screened for thyroid problems because of the radiation. Mm-hmm. Regardless, she told me something really interesting. This is my my um, medical doctor. She said, I, you need to be on antidepressants, but those are the gate. They're not the toolbox. I am going to prescribe these, but you absolutely have to get therapy. And I will help you find a therapist. And that doctor gave me some tips on finding a therapist, on like interviewing therapists and what kinds of questions to ask before you actually commit to that therapist. And I found my therapist that I worked with for eight years and she saved my life. I'm going to put that out there. She saved my fucking life. That doctor did. And then that therapist did. So
1: get therapy, ask for help. So maybe you could give everybody the list of interview questions for your therapist at some point.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had like five questions that I wanted to go in. And my doctor told me this. She said, if that therapist has not been to therapy themselves, get the fuck out of that office. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, good tip. Thanks, doc. That's (laughs) funny. (laughs) Don't
1: go to a therapist who doesn't go to therapy.
0: Right? I mean, that makes total sense, but that isn't necessarily something you would think to ask, right? Mm -hmm. No, you're right. And I I did totally ask all the therapists that. And the one I ended up working with was lesbian identified, which I have been to a lot of therapy friends. And I decided that it was just better for me to work with someone who is lesbian or queer identified. Mm -hmm. who can kind of like know where I'm coming from in that regard, because I have no doubt that my queer identity has played into a lot of the depressive episodes. I mean, we're subject to microaggressions all day, every day. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted somebody who could understand that to help me work through those issues that I had with that and family dysfunction and that kind of thing. So it was the best decision I ever made.
1: Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. It was
0: awesome. So Angela, thank you. For promoting that to make 2019 your bitch and fucking get some therapy. I, she would not say it that way. No, but that's why I'm here to translate. Okay. <laughs> Angela, that wasn't you. That was me. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, it's
1: not you. It's me.
0: It's me. <laughs> oh my but goodness.
1: Anyway, so
0: Jeff, have you done therapy? No. Okay. That's cool.
1: It's, it's not that I don't see the value in it, it's that I am emotionally deficient and I don't want to make myself that vulnerable.
0: Mm-mm. I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it, friends. When I first started therapy to deal with my chronic depression, and for those of you out there who experience chronic depression, you know where I speak, um, it was like I went on antidepressants, I was on antidepressants for a good five years, and I worked my fucking ass off my therapist. I wanted a therapist who would put me through like homework and would make me really work on my shit. I didn't want to push over. You know, I wanted somebody who would say, no, you need to, this is how we're going to do this. And so I did, you know, traditional talk therapy. I did, um, some of you may know what this is. EMDR, which deals with rapid eye movement desensitization, which helps you with post-traumatic stress stuff. It's it's a proven method. It works with first responders. It works with survivors of horrific events like the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, and she also did a lot of visualization techniques because I tend to live in my head, and and it's really difficult for me to just sit and be with emotions and experiences. And she made she kind of like put me in that position where I had to sort of like just be with mm-hmm. my emotions. And that was so fucking hard, but holy shit, it was so rewarding because now I have these techniques that I still use to this day, years after the fact that help me when I'm trying to figure out something or when I, I have a, I call it a flare up of my depression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for so many of us who, who live with depression I'm to the point now where it's something I understand is part of me. It is something I will always have. But I'm sort of at in a situation where I can have a relationship with it. Like it's not a great relationship, but it's a relationship mm-hmm. and I'm able to deal with it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're definitely healthier than I am. I, I There's no doubting that, but <laughs> it's not going to change anytime soon. So.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that if, if you're out there and you feel like you could benefit from it, it's a good tip. Try it mm-hmm. and, and make sure that you find somebody that, that you gel with. You know, you don't have to take the first therapist that you go to. You don't. No, you don't. I mean, and, and you can always go to like, you know, a group therapy, which can be really helpful too. Mm-hmm. And that helps you like build a connection too with other people. I'm just saying there are lots of options. So don't think that just because you don't have money, you don't have options because you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I did. So, you know, anyway, therapy. Sure. Thanks, Angela. Good reminder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, moving on.
1: Gen-
0: moving on. January 9th, we had Val Agab, who is one of our younger bloggers. Thank you, Val, for sticking with us. We're fucking weird and old over here. Um, I love when Val blogs with us because she sometimes brings book recommendations yeah and for dear listeners who don't know who val is she is currently working uh the master's program at columbia university of the writing program so mm-hmm. this is fucking awesome val's a smarty pants and i cannot wait until val gets freaking published because y'all i've read her work she's got talent she has freaking talent nice but she- she's talking here about two specfic books and because i'm a specfic fanatic i was like holy shit yes cameron hurley's empire ascendant if you haven't read cameron hurley walk don't run if you're a specfic fanatic especially but also cameron hurley i believe did um a series of essay essays on being geek and feminist that series is fucking amazing the book that Val is really stoked about right now is Anne Lecky's the Raven Tower and it's because of her familiarity with Lecky's work that she's not scared of recommending her upcoming publication. her queerness track record is pretty good and Val is really good about screening books in that regard and looking for queerness queerness things and Lecky's latest has um, political it's like Game of Thrones with queers with like overt queers mystery political machinations queerness the hero is a trans man warring gods linguistics which is something i dig uh friendship so bum ba, bum that sounds like a book i need to check out and lecky's raven tower uh thanks val for checking in with us and val currently is about to start in her second semester at columbia she and i keep tabs of what's going on on tumblr i'll check in with her how are your classes and then she's like, my professors are dope. I'm like, awesome.
1: <laughs> That's exciting.
0: It is kind of cool. So I love book recommendations. Thank you. Okay, January 10th, Fiona Zetti. Joe, please tell us about Fiona.
1: F- F- Fiona is, if I were able to pick, is the person I would want to grow up to be. She's been writing mm-hmm. for a really long time. She's really good at it. And she writes in several different genres and she travels like a mad woman and she's living her best life. She's living it. And if I,
0: you're right. If uh, Fiona's who I want to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. You're so right. So here's her best of 2018 list. And Fiona, I'm so glad you stopped by to do this. <laughs> On a global level, it's been a challenging last couple of years. As humans, we seem to be, again, making a turn of the wheel that gleefully encourages the rise of Nazism and its cousins under the guise of self-protection. So here are things that she is bringing to light. Uh, Best of 2018. Nut pods. Jove! I had no idea what the fuck these were. Did you? What is it? Nut Nut pods. One word. She's got a little, little picture there. They're a miracle, she says, of the coffee and tea creamer variety. They're not actual milk or cream, but if you find yourself on a Whole30 eating plan, nut pods are approved for that. It adds a delicious nutty flavor to your coffee. That makes up for the lack of milk-based yumminess. If you've given up dairy for any reason, these are the things to try. Did you
1: know about these? I had no idea. No, I know what um, you know, pods are, but I had no idea about nut pods. There are so many things you can put <laughs> in a pod. Oh, my God, right? Had so no idea.
0: I might try that shit. All right. Red Wine. Best of 2018. <laughs> A successful NaNoWriMo. She says she she did it this year, the NaNo 2018. And the book she finished by November 30th was actually finished. And when she reread it, the novel felt complete. So maybe, y'all, will be seeing her NaNo project published. That would be cool.
1: That
0: would be awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Y'all... Dear listeners, please read Fiona Zetti. Thank mm-hmm.
1: you. Your world will be a better place for
0: it. She's very talented. She's awesome. Good Spanish bread items. And, of course, this is probably because she went to Spain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so anyway, just put that on your to-do list. Um, this, and here is, like, Fiona, congratulations. She's giving herself permission to love in ways she hasn't before, Um Fiona says my lesbian box no longer fits, so twenty eighteen saw me decisively climbing out of it and into a different space. For now, pansexual feels right. And why not if it's good enough for Janelle Monet? Dot dot dot. Well, Fiona, congratulations, I guess.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, well, and it doesn't Do you Yeah,
0: fuck yeah. You do you, Fiona, and looking forward to further discussions about that. I think
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to a time when really the entire world identifies as pansexual. And doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah, legit. Like that's... Legit, right? Yeah, like it just doesn't matter. (laughs) You fall in love with who you fall in love with and end of story. Exactly.
0: Yeah. End of fucking story. And this one's my favorite. Ending 2018, not knowing that sometimes it's necessary to express a cat's anal glands. I think that's (laughs) self-explanatory.
1: Yeah, you don't need to know that. Just Thank you. live in denial. <laughs> Moving on. I, I just <laughs> sorry, just I love that. Keep just Thank keep you. going. Just, just
0: okay. Take a breath. And keep going. January eleventh, Sam Liddell, um, dear listener, I need to make a correction here. Last week we were talking about Anika. And her blog coming out to her Jamaican family. It's not Annika. It's Anika. Thank you, Anika. We fucked up. Yeah, but that Joe was and my I
1: fault.
0: We fuck up all the time. So mm. we're sorry. And hopefully, mm. you know, you'll hear this and you'll understand that we are fuck-ups. And we try to correct the fuck-ups that we make. Anika. Yes. Thank you. So along those lines, Sam, Joe and I had a big discussion. Are you Liddell or Liddle? We... I'm going Liddell but I don't know so please reach out and tell us if if I fucked that up too because hey whatever
1: <laughs> yeah I hate it when people mispronounce my name and it happens so I don't want to do that to anybody else but I'm sure it does happen so when I do it please just let me know so I can not do it anymore
0: okay thank you we appreciate that so mm-hmm. anyway Sam has some you know she has this blog is about the new year and things that, that she was up to and she says that um I believe everything happens for a reason and there have simply been too many events that could have gone so many different ways, but went one specific way because of choices made or seemingly unrelated outside circumstances. So here's what happened. Okay. And she wants us to know that if she sounds too much like Mulder from the X-Files, just stop her. So she says for a lot of people, 20s, their 20s is a time of immense and oftentimes intense change. Joe.
1: Mm hmm. I understand your twenties were a time of intense change. Am I right? No, I came out. I came out in my twenties. I, <laughs> um, I, dr- I drank a lot in my twenties. I went from being single without children to in a relationship with a child. I wait, uh,
0: wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa!
1: Not a relationship with a child, person. A relationship with a woman who had a child. Right.
0: <laughs> Just right. No, there.
1: I wasn't having a relationship with the child. Come on. No. <laughs> No. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, it, whatever. Just helping. My 20s were very fraught.
0: Mm. I think we could say that about everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there, there are people in their 20s who are really fucking together and mm. you go, you do you. I was not one of those people. No. I was a fucking train wreck. Mm-hmm. I was I'm too. I'm still kind of a train wreck, but whatever. I own it now. That's the difference.
1: Uh, you but, know, my 40s I, have been by far my most favorite stage. I had my 40s were fucking awesome. Yeah. Although I I
0: really enjoyed my 30s beginning at 35, 35 to 40 was awesome because I started feeling and my mom told me this would happen. She said, you know, what's really great for women as they age is they stop giving a fuck.
1: Yeah. My 30s, I was still not comfortable in my own skin, but my 40s, I've really embraced being me. Mm -hmm. I did my 40s.
0: I agree with you there. I really I was like, fuck, yeah, me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Winning at life.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. So Sam says that over the holidays, Alyssa, her wonderful other half, And I drove from San Diego to Dallas-Fort Worth. God love you. Where the majority of my family lives. God love you again. We had everything planned out. We would spend Christmas and New Year's with everybody, eat a lot of food, replenish our souls with a two-week break from life, make the long drive back, featuring a national park extravaganza. We would hit up four different sites on our return to SoCal, including visits to the Marfa Lights, that's in Marfa, Texas, White Sands, that's in New Mexico, Big Band National Park, in big bend in southwest texas and the carlsbad caverns Mm -hmm. we that's also in new mexico we had our hotels booked our route planned and we were stoked then the government shut down Mm -hmm. okay so so she says that had we gone on the three-day excursion to visit each of those places we would have arrived in san diego on a sunday night right before we both had to go back to work or slash school. While that would have been tough, it was doable. However, since we did not visit all of those places, we returned on a Friday night, and whoo boy, we were glad. We came home to several apartment issue, issues, including a carbon monoxide alarm, which only needed batteries, thank God, a transformer in our neighborhood blew, knocking out all our power. Alyssa's car, which had remained in San Diego during our trip, wouldn't start. The battery had died and needed to be replaced. All of these things we would have had to deal with late Sunday night had our original plan stayed in place. Mm -hmm. So we were bummed that the national parks were closed. We ended up being glad we returned when we did. Plus, the trip wasn't a complete loss. We did go to Marfa, which for for y'all, if you've never been to Marfa, Texas, it's an arts center now, and it's really freaking cool. There's a lot of artists there. They saw two of the mysterious Marfa lights, and it's true. It's super awesome. Marfa, Texas, y'all need to go. Also, we saw a shooting star, and if that's not a good sign for 2019, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Joe, shooting
1: stars, talk about them. Shooting stars? Have never... you love shooting stars or what? I've never seen one. <clears throat> what?
0: Did you just like... I almost spit my drink out onto my keyboard. You've never
1: seen a shooting star? No, I think most people, when they think they're seeing a shooting star, they're really just seeing an airplane. An airplane with, you know, an airplane's lights. Dude, you've
0: probably seen A Shooting Star then. No, I
1: haven't. Oh, come the fuck on. For real? Yeah, no. I mean. Okay. No. Okay. I just. Dude. I. Uh, all right. You're making it sound ah. like I'm like this sad, deprived little urchin child. You are deprived. It's so freaking cool. It's like, it's.
0: I may, You've got you've, you've had to have seen one. You just don't realize that that's what it was.
1: Uh, Okay. I'm just saying. That's a little condescending, but okay. No, it's not. It's like you're missing out. It's It's totally condescending. You just don't know, honey. Pat, pat, pat. No,
0: no, because if you think it's an airplane, then Mm -hmm. I I totally get that because sometimes it does look like that. Mm
1: -hmm. So maybe you have
0: seen one, but shooting stars are like, they're kind of magical. Okay. So what I'm going to suggest is, I mean, the 2019 meteor showers, meteor showers, those are shooting stars, is... Try to catch, have you seen the Perseid, like the Perseid meteor showers usually in August? Have you seen those? No. Oh, see, that's, you all, you got to like make a plan if you don't have like shitty weather, which is often a problem. Mm -hmm. And try to like watch some of these meteor showers because they are visible to the naked eye. And And this is in June, you said? There's like the 2019 meteor showers, there was already one January 3rd, but... There's one, um, the night of April 22nd. You just look it up. Just look up Meteor Showers 2019 and it'll take you to a website and you can see the schedule. The Perseids are my personal favorite because, oh my God, they're fucking amazing. But in December, I've also seen the Geminids. Those are, holy shit, they're fucking gorgeous. And if you're fortunate enough... Because, again, people, you have to be where there's, no, like, no clouds and, and, as you know, less light pollution. But you can view these with the naked eye. And the Perseids are often, like, they're red, blue, and green. Oh, my God, they're beautiful. So, no, I feel like you and the kids really need to see see meteors and, and hence shooting stars. I think it would, like, it just makes you feel so connected
1: to the world. I don't know. I just, I love them. I love I f- that. I feel like I need to smoke more weed in order for that oh, to you become do that.
0: You could do that too. But I I'm not trying to condescend. I'm just saying, you know, maybe you have seen a shooting star, but you thought it was something else because sometimes that happens. So maybe you're not deprived. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I'm know. Just, maybe you're not deprived. Maybe it's just totally fucking awesome. But yes, meteor showers, dear listener, try to catch a meteor shower. It'll just totally I don't know. I love meteor showers. So anyway, Joe, please talk. Tell me things about
1: what i don't know we're done Do we yeah yeah no about? you know what we need to wrap this shit up because you want to know how long we've been talking oh fuck i'm sorry dear listener i fucked yeah. it all up we're oh, at like bad. an hour right now so in okay, the last two podcasts we did came in just really close to 40 minutes like we were we were doing really well i mean not but, really look, well we usually come in around an hour so that's about yeah. right yeah no we've been we talking for a long time Sorry, dear listener. We love you. <laughs> we, we do. I don't know. There's not a lot going on. I'm really thankful to be in the new year. And I think 2019 is kicking ass. And and I go, I'm going to go play with my lathe. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Dear li- you mean it. Dear listener, this has been the Week in Review for Women and Words. I am Jove Bell here with Andy Marquette. You can find us online at womenwords.com. Org. Please like, subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment. Any of those things help the lesbians of the internet to find us. Yes. And uh, what? What'd you say? Andy? Yes. 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 Please. Yes. We want to be found by lesbians. We like lesbians. We like to be found by them. Until next week. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>